Hi there, and welcome to episode 5 of the Waveback Music Podcast. Today's game is Stinger for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Enjoy! Hello again, this is the Waveback Music Podcast, a show where we listen to and reminisce about some of the best video game music there is. My name is Chris, and I am your host. Today's game is a bit of an oddity, as I personally don't know a lot of people who've played it. It was one of my earliest NES favorites, and features a soundtrack that is nothing short of classic. Let's take a listen to the sublime soundtrack of Stinger. Stinger is the name of the NES port of the Famicom Disk System release, Morio Twinby, Cinnamon Hakase Wusuke. Boy, I hope I said that right. It is the second game in the Twinbee series, and one of the only ones to be released outside of Japan. Stinger is a scrolling shooter that eschews traditional space-slash-military themes in favor of a bright, colorful, and absolutely insane world. Think Fantasy Zone, the more traditional play style. You play as the pilot of a Stinger, a ship designed by Professor Cinnamon, who, according to the game's manual, is, and I quote, Earth's flamboyant genius. You fly your stinger through alternating vertical and horizontal scrolling stages, each bursting with personality and color. Enemies include bubble-spewing faucets, coat hangers, giant watermelons, and stereo equipment, just to name a few. It's not too tough, but it's not too easy either. I would say it's probably one of the most accessible shooters on the NES. Stinger can be played by up to two players simultaneously in the American version, uh, whereas its Japanese counterpart goes up to three players. Amusingly enough, the third player is still prominently featured on the cover art for the American release Stinger. The power-up system was pretty unique, too. You would, um, as you play the game, clouds float by, and you shoot these passing clouds, which sometimes contain orange bells, as clouds naturally do, uh, and the bells would... the gravity affects them, so they would f- shoot up once you shot them, kind of like shooting a tin can in an old western movie, and then they would fall down to the bottom of the screen. And if you just went up and collected the orange bell after it came out, you'd get yourself some points because yay points. But if you keep shooting them, you keep bouncing them up and down, you manage to play the game, shooting all the enemies and dodging bullets and shooting these bells, as you shot them, they would start to change colors. And if you collected the bell when they were a different color, like blue or pink or white or flashy rainbow colors, you would get power-ups, kind of like a twin shooter or a shield or something like that. At any rate, uh, it was a very cool system, and <laughs> the game's just so much fun to play. Anyway, Stinger was released in 1987 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was developed and published by Konami, and the soundtrack definitely reflects that. It has that distinct Konami sound, and it's truly wonderful at every turn. It was composed by Kirohiro Sada. That's Kiyohiro Sada. <laughs> I'm so bad at saying these names. Uh, who also composed the soundtracks for the NES version of Blades of Steel. Adventures of Bayou Billy, and the absolutely amazing Contra, among others. His work was primarily on games that were only released in Japan, but they all seem to have that unmistakable Konami sound, and if you've played Konami games, you you know what I'm talking about. The sound guys at Konami just had this very specific set of instruments they like to use from the NES, and, and their games stick out is very distinctly Konami, uh, which is really cool, and, and they made some of the best music on the console. Uh, so let's listen to some of that, shall we? Uh, th- let's move on to track number one. The first track we're going to listen to is a very short track. It's called Stage Intro. 
Now, um, just like Contra, this game starts with uh, the title screen scrolling in from the right, and it eventually lands right there in the middle. Uh, but unlike Contra, there is no music on the title screen. You actually, the, the stage intro music that we're about to play is the first music you hear in the game. After the screen scrolls in, you press start, and it goes to this little kind of cinematic cutscene of this laboratory spaceship-looking thing that's sitting in a looks like a driveway and a giant wooden sign that says Konami on it. Because why not? Uh, and lightning is just striking all over the place. Just lightning all over the place. And then um, one of the lightning bolts strikes the uh, laboratory. The word boom shows up really big on the screen. And then a two-frame of animation explosion just kind of pulsates on top of this thing as a little bell-shaped spaceship kind of slowly floats down, kidnaps Professor Cinnamon, and flies off into space uh, with a little speech bubble coming out of it of uh, Professor Cinnamon saying, Help me! And then the stage intro starts. And uh, it's just a black screen, just like Contra. It shows you how many lives you have left and what the stage is and, and you know, general good times. Uh, What's it sets the stage very perfectly for the kind of game you're about to play. And I know I've said these words before if you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast, especially uh, Balloon Kid, but I'll actually really akin this soundtrack to Balloon Kid is this is another one of those kinds of games that's that's it's kind of a slower paced soundtrack and, and without with accepting very specific circumstances. Uh, the main music in this game is a very kind of chill, kind of light playing in the middle of the summer day kind of music and uh it, it's some of my favorite music on any console and it's it's really just a perfect example of the kind of game that you're about to play so this does a great job of setting the stage and here is stage intro <laughs> Now, right after this little ditty, you get uh, the stage music. Now, <laughs> this music, I want you to pay very close attention to just the way all of the instruments come together. Uh, the folks at Konami, particularly this game's composer, Mr. Sada, um, had just such a, a great mastery of these very few instruments and making them come together to be more than the sum of their parts. And... It's just such a, a, a fun and chill, yet at the same time, just exciting enough that you're playing a shooter song. It's, it's just something truly extraordinary, and uh, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite NES tracks. I love this song to death. It really matches the play style of the game because it, it, while this is a shooter, it is a, it is a shoot 'em up. It's it doesn't scroll incredibly fast, and there's there's very little of this game that is that you would consider fast paced. The enemies move relatively quickly, and you with enough power ups will move quickly. But it has a general kind of uh, almost a plodding feel to it, but not in a bad way. It just it's very accessible. It's very just joyous <laughs> um so even though you're shooting all these weird like watermelons and grapes and whatever the heck else is flying by on the screen um it, it's it's all very joyous it, and it and it reminds me a lot of fantasy zone in that respect that um it's it's very bright and colorful and it, it's not a space shooter it's not a um a, a military shooter or anything like that it's just you're flying over these weird 
pyramids or giant green hills or swamps or oceans and it's all very colorful and has this very fun feel to it and never taking itself seriously much if at all <laughs> so here is what is my favorite music in the game without a doubt i mean not to say that the rest of this music is bad it's it's all good stuff but this one right here is really just it's the crux of the whole thing to me so here is stage music song sounds, the way that it plays with the bass, and it plays with the different kinds of, of, of like, the pieces of the song come together in these different ways, like, you know, the parts with drums, or the drums cut out, and just kind of, kind of go to, like, a very, just kind of bass drummy part of it, and really cut out, and know when to let the other instruments sing, it's just, it's such a great dynamic piece of music, and it, and it fits the feel of this game, and it really, it, it fits the feel of gaming at this time. Like, this song, to me, is, is such a, does such a great job of exemplifying what video games were at this 
point in time. They were mostly Japanese. Uh, they were very whimsical and and so focused on fun and challenge and entertaining. Um, realism was just it it wasn't possible on these old systems. So the, the fantastic like games like this, games like Super Mario Brothers, they were like the 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 best there was. They were all that there was. I mean, even something that would be quote unquote more realistic than Stinger, like uh, it's it's contemporary Contra. Um, even that, you're shooting this big fuzzy laser at things, and there's robots everywhere, and giant creepy aliens, and I mean, everything back then was so fantastic, and and this kind of music really just, just sums up that generation of gaming to me so well, and when I think back to my favorite types of music from from this time, a, a lot of it feels like this, and it's just classic Konami music. Anyway, moving on to the next track. Uh, track number three is called Power Up. Now, like I mentioned before, you would shoot those bells and they would change colors and do all that fancy fun stuff, and that's how you would get the power-ups. And every time you get a power-up, uh, the stage music would change into the power-up music, and then that music would continue to loop for the rest of the stage until either you died and lost all your power-ups and the original music would start up again, or uh, you move on to the next stage where the original stage music starts up again. And the power-up music is... is is really designed to make you feel empowered. Like you get your power up, and then you, the music changes, and you're just like, "All right, I'll blow some stuff up. I'm 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 way stronger now than I was a minute ago. Let's let's do this thing." So, here is <laughs> I'll just let the music speak for itself. Here is power up. lot of the parts of the stage music in the power-up music. Um, so it's kind of like just a, a, an expanded, more exciting version of the stage music, and, and just really playing with those those same themes, but at the same time becoming a much more invigorating and action-y song. Uh, it's, it's just a wonderful tune. You'll hear this probably in the game a lot more than you'll hear the regular stage music, which is pretty... It kind of made a secondary game out of keeping the stage music going as long as possible for me. Like, I used to like playing the game and getting the power-ups I needed as quickly as I could, and then from stage two on, not get any more power-ups unless I absolutely needed to, so that I could keep the regular stage music playing for as long as possible. Because the power music's cool, but that stage music is so, so good. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty... <laughs> 
That's pretty much sums up my feelings on the power-up music. Now, the next two tracks that I'm going to play uh, have something in common, and that's the fact that they do not loop. Um, the next track, track number four, is Invincibility. And like most games, and the, you can get an Invincibility power-up, like a lot of games from this era, I mean, not most games in general. Um, and the Invincibility power-up, it does, you know, think of Super Mario Brothers, your character flashes all these different colors or something, and the way it signifies that your invincibility is about to end is by those colors kind of like starting to flash a little slower. So you've got this visual cue. But unlike a game like Super Mario Brothers, you also have an audio cue. Because the invincibility lasts the exact same amount of time no matter how many times you get it. So it always starts up, and then it the, they actually wrote a conclusion to the music to end your invincibility, which... You know, if you think of something like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog or DuckTales or Super Mario Brothers, it just makes this little loop song that just goes over and over and over again for as long as you have invincibility. But since it's always going to be the same time, uh, the composer took advantage of that and wrote a song that is exactly as long as your invincibility lasts. Another really neat aspect of this is that uh, it's designed to play back into the stage music. So it's written in the same key as the regular stage music so that when it naturally reaches its conclusion, it feels really good going from point A to point B. So um, here it is. Here is track number four, Invincibility, followed by, just to illustrate the way it connects, uh, a brief segment back of the stage music. So enjoy. The genius of that is just... I, I wish more games would have done something like that instead of going the uh, infinite loop route um, of something like a DuckTales or, or whatever. But uh, the next one we're going to talk about is bonus stage, which also, like the invincibility stage, has a conclusion. Now, you would get these bonus stages where you'd be flying around through the clouds, and clouds are everywhere, and that means bells are everywhere. And these bells don't change colors and all that stuff. These bells are just there to get points. So you just shoot them, you collect them, you get as many as you can, and just, just rack up the points because, yay, points! Um, but they, since it's an auto-scrolling stage, and there is a definite be like, there's only so much time you're going to be on this stage, they wrote the music so that it, it lasts exactly as long as the bonus stage. And it's got this neat little conclusion, and and when the song concludes, which you can hear it, it coming to, it works itself to a very natural conclusion. Uh, when it does end, it's very neat because the stage just kind of freezes. And in a lesser experience, like if the music was just looping, you would probably think there's something wrong with your game. But it, it just works. It flows so naturally. So here is track number five, bonus stage. fun. <laughs> it's just so fun. I, I love the feeling that this game has, and, and that bonus stage, just like this regular stage music, it just, 
it sums up so much of what gaming was like at this time. I, I, I love this game to death, and, and like I mentioned earlier, I just don't, I don't know a lot of people who know this game, and you, I, I mentioned Stinger, and, and either you know it and you think it's really cool, or a, a lot of folks just kind of like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know that game. And then I say, get over here, and they, they, they apply, plug in an NES controller, and we play it together, and it's, it, and it's, and it's a super fun time. Because anybody who plays this game, you can't deny the charm of it. It's, it's just such a charming, charming game. Now, the next track we're going to do is the final stage music. Uh, the stage music for the entire game is the same, except when you get to the ending. Um, this last stage music, it's, it's got a very similar feel. It's also kind of laid back. It's not super high energy or anything. Um, but it is definitely more epic than the regular stage music. So it's, it really kind of fuels the build-up to uh, what is going to be your, your final boss encounter. And, and it feels like... You know, you've been going through these stages, and they don't all look the same, but with the same music over and over again, once once you get treated to this different music, you know you're coming up on something. And, and it's, a really, it's a really good song. Uh, so here is track number six, Final Stage. Just like all the other stages in the game, there is separate music for power-ups. So if you get yourself a power-up in the final stage, this is the music that will play. And, and much like the power-up music from earlier in the game, uh, it's it's just kind of a more invigorating and fast-paced uh, version that takes a lot of cues from the regular final stage music. So here is final stage power-up. <laughs> Thank you. 
chances are uh, this is going to be the last song that you hear before you get to the final boss. Unless, of course, uh, you die, <laughs> which is the next song we're going to listen to. is another really short track, but it's it's a really good one. Um, and it's the game over music. It's it's probably a song you're going to hear a couple of times if you've never played through this game before, or if you're not just naturally really good at shooters. And this game over music does exactly what game over music should do in a, in a classic game like this. Is it really just makes you want to play more. It's like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. You lost, but but try again, you know. Pick yourself up, put your big boy pants on, and, and, and get back in there. Just, just get back in there and finish the game. And um, it, it, it does that really well, and I'll actually uh, hearken over to Contra again. Contra does a similar thing with its game over music. Like, it finishes off, and it's just like, yo, man, you lost. Try again. It's, it's, it's not... It doesn't sound super defeated, but it's also not, like mocking you it's just really good game over music and and um well here it is track number eight game over now some of the tracks in this game i'm I'm intentionally skipping over uh, and those are the the way the music works up to the boss it's not bad music per se but it works way better in the game itself than it does as listening to something separate so the way you get to the bosses in this game is that the stages kind of reach their natural conclusion and the music fades away and then turns into something that sounds it starts to gradually turn into an alarm like the music will just kind of sound like it's a weird little song and then it gets a little faster and faster until it sounds like an alarm and then it actually becomes an alarm and then you the the background fades to black and you fight against some sort of giant boss which is like a watermelon or I don't know what what else is in this game. Um, some weird box with a stick sticking out of it. I don't know. There's there's so much weirdness in this game. But you would fight these giant bosses, and and the boss music is this very very invigorating, very fast paced, but very repetitive music. It's also kind of goofy, which really fits the style of the game. But I'm not playing it here just because it's it's not great music to listen to on on its own it actually gets kind of annoying uh, if you're listening to it outside of the game but when it's in the game it works really really well like watch a youtube video or find the game and play it uh it it's really is fantastic but um if you're fortunate enough to get through the game and uh hear all that music and hear all this music uh, you'll eventually get to the final boss which has its own separate different alarm music and then boss music uh, and after you beat him, you get a little fanfare that's just just wonderful. Uh, Mega Man does a really good job of these little little boss-defeated fanfares. But this one, well, it's just a cool little tune. So here is track number nine, Final Boss Defeated. I was little tracks like this that, that just kind of really tie the whole soundtrack together. you you got to love little, little rewards like that. Um... And speaking of rewards, after you defeat the final boss, you get the ending. Um, and that's going to be our last track of the evening, is track number 10, the ending credits. Uh, much like a lot of other ending credits themes, this one starts off kind of slow. Not really sad, just kind of like, ah, you beat the last boss. Let's relax. And then a few seconds in, it just switches right over to, let's have a party. Because it gets, <laughs> it just, it pumps itself full of energy again. And then it's it just plays this really great tune for the rest of the game so 
Uh, here is the last track of the evening, track number 10, ending credits. This is another one of those songs that has a natural conclusion, but a lot of ending credits themes had natural conclusions back then. Uh, it, it wasn't always just something that loops forever and ever. Um, but still, it's always good to, to hear when um, these tracks get get to conclude, uh, when they get the opportunity to, to write a track that has a conclusion to it. It's, it's, it's always cool. Now, NES games... Most games of this era, the endings weren't exactly all that spectacular. They were usually just some sort of single screen with a character giving you a thumbs up and some really poorly translated congratulatory words. What was always special to me about video game endings was the music, because the songs were typically totally unique pieces of music that you could only hear at the ending. And there wasn't an internet that you could just type it in, watch a YouTube video of the ending, and hear this music anytime you want. The only way to hear this music was to beat the game. So even though the visuals of, like, you finish Super Mario Brothers and you just beat that super hard 8-4 and got past Bowser throwing millions of hammers at you, you finally did it, and it looks just like every other screen, except instead of the little toad, the mushroom retainer, it's Princess Toadstool, and she's standing there. whoop de doo what made that special was the fact that, that music was different. That music was nowhere else to be found in that game. And it was marvelous. And the same thing goes for goes for here, you know, goes for Bubble Bobble, Contra, any of those classic NES games. The ending credits music was always something unique. And I looked forward to that as much as anything else when completing a game. Like complex stories weren't too much of a thing outside of Ninja Gaiden on these games. The reward was musical. And, I mean, the, the track that we just listened to is, is a great example of that. It's just such a cool note to end on as far as uh, playing a game. And well, there you go. That's that's Stinger. That's Stinger soundtrack. Go out and, and, and find this game. Uh, it's very, very well worth your time. Very much a Konami property. Um... And it's just awesome. And that's our show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, be sure to check out the other great content available at geekade.com. We've got plenty of other podcasts and articles, videos, and more. Uh, there's no shortage of excellent stuff there for you to find. Geekade is also hosting the Stone Age Gamer podcast podcast 
panel at Too Many Games on June 27th at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center. So if you're in the area, come by, say hello. I will be there, as will my co-host from the Stone Age Gamer podcast, and we would love to meet any and all of you. Uh, if you have any suggestions for games you'd like me to cover here on the show, or any questions in general, send them over to mail at geekade.com, where you can follow any of the handy links provided in the show notes. Join us next time for another live show featuring the music of the PlayStation 2 classic Katamari Damacy. Right now, we're scheduled to do the show on June 25th, so mark your calendar. More details will be posted on our Facebook and Twitter pages as soon as we nail them down, so stay tuned. Thanks again for listening, and have yourself a musical rest of your day. Thank you.